Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Savvy Mama podcast. My name is Renee Verco. I'm a mum of two, a financial advisor with over 15 years experience and the founder of an advice and education business called Money Mode. It is so exciting to bring you the first show because this is something I've been dreaming up for such a long time and we are going to launch with a bang. If you've listened to my little trailer, you will know that I am very, very passionate about coming at money from a couple of different angles. Getting the emotional and mindset piece right up front is really, really important and then tackling the practical side. So to get the big picture started, we are joined this week by Shanna Kennedy. Shanna is one of Australia's leading life coaches. She's an international speaker and a best-selling author. I first came across Shan when I purchased one of her books, The Life Plan, a few years ago and was deeply inspired and it certainly helped me with the creation of one of my first Kickstart courses. I'm a big believer in having a really clear purpose and vision and having some clarity around your values in order to set meaningful goals. And this is really what then informs a financial plan and the steps that you need to take to achieve what your big picture looks like. So, Shan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Renee. It's an absolute pleasure. I thought today what we could do is go through and debunk a little bit this whole purpose piece because so often we focus on the how and the what, particularly when we think about our finances. Some of us may set some goals. However, many of us just drift through without planning or focusing a great deal. And when we come back and we talk about purpose, it can actually scare a lot of people off too, because they think they've got to go out and find some great world peace initiative. Do you find that? Yeah, it's a big, scary, hairy word, I think, purpose. And people think, why don't I know my purpose? And some people are born with their purpose and it comes really naturally to them. Whereas, you know, we can really break that down and think about, well, what's my purpose for today and what do I want to achieve today? And then when we go into a bigger purpose, it might be, what's my purpose for this year or this decade or what does this mean to me and what do I want to be in it? So we don't have to have that big life purpose that, you know, some people sort of say we really need. I think unless it comes really easily and naturally to you, we can break that down so that we can do our how and our what. And I like to start with the outcome, thinking about the purpose and what's the action plan then to follow that up. So I think simplifying everything just to start with is critical. What are some of the ways that people can go about those first steps in trying to simplify things? Because I know particularly one of the things that really resonated with me that I loved that you've written about is going back to your true self? I think it's very confronting for a lot of people to go back to their true self. And, you know, when you see a little child and they look in the mirror and they stand, you know, maybe two centimetres away from the mirror and they absolutely love what they're looking at and they're looking at themselves, their best friends, love who they are, not too judgmental, just joyful and light about the whole situation. Whereas when we get older, we become very serious. We pick on ourselves. The internal language is very different. The first step is to really connect back with your true self. And part of the way that we can do that, apart from looking in the mirror and accepting what we see and loving what we see, is to go back to your values and to sit there and really think about 
what is the most important thing in the world to me today? And that's my first question to everybody is, what is the most important thing to you? Is it health? Is it fame? Is it economic security? Is it achievement? Is it creativity? You know, and really think about what are my top three values? Because if we want to build a financial plan that actually supports your own set of values. And I think when people can do that and use that as their base plate, their home plate, and that's what they go back to, it really does simplify what the vision is for the future. And that is our why, because we actually work for our values. We work for the business of ourselves and we need to really tap into our values to know what kind of plan we want to create moving forward. There's no point creating a plan that doesn't support you. I think what happens is we get so lost along the way, we get caught up in perhaps living a life that maybe we think we ought to be living. You know, that's one thing I come across a lot with people when I'm talking to them. I guess what's some of your experiences in the the situations that present to you? It's very interesting, the keeping up with the Joneses mentality type thing. It's a little bit like diets. You know, everyone's going to be vegan. Well, you can go and be vegan to keep up with everybody else, but it might not even suit your own body and it might actually make you quite sick. So we really want to be tapping into what is the best for you, what makes you feel secure, what makes you feel comfortable, what are your dreams and aspirations and not the dreams and aspirations of the people next door type thing. One other thing that, you know, a bit of feedback that I get from girlfriends particularly along the way is when they've had their children. So they may have had mm-hmm. a busy working career and they've strived and, you know, been really successful in work. They take time out of work to have their children and start to feel really, really lost. Yeah, because we really identify ourselves with our title, don't we? Yes. And we see that with all of the athletes. I work with a lot of elite athletes and what happens is, who are you without the football club is one of the most frightening questions. Mm. Who are you, Peter, from Macquarie Bank when we take Macquarie Bank away? And that's why I actually wrote the life plan. It was, who are you without your job? And when we've had this job as a mum and we've gone out there, and it happened to me as well, when I was a sponsorship manager and number two in a company, is you come home and you don't get the pats on the back and you don't get the sense of achievement being a mum that you get from a corporate environment. And we need to rebuild ourselves and we need to now treat ourselves like the business. We're the asset. So if we work for the business of self, how can we make that a cracking business where it fuels our sense of achievement and it fuels our confidence rather than needing a title? Oh, I love that. It just resonates so well with me. And, it, you know, I think that's a really exciting thing for people to tap into is to start viewing it that way and not to be hard on themselves without the title or without the job in front of them actually who are they without that title and I think that's a really interesting space to tap into yeah and it's very very confronting because (laughs) our ego really loves that and when you want to build the business of self the first step is always going to your values and building from that for example my number one value is health which is mental physical emotional and spiritual and so it's what am I doing every single day to feed that value. That's my job. Mm. You know, my second value is family happiness. And that doesn't mean is my family happy because I've got a few teenagers and that might not actually happen (laughs) every day. But the job for me is 
am I showing up being the best version of myself? Am I showing up being a fun wife? Am I showing up being a warm and nurturing mum? And if my tank is empty, then I need to restructure my week because that's who I'm working for. That's my job. That's my sense of achievement. And the third one for me is achievement. I am a bit of an achievement junkie. Mm -hmm. So I need the list to work for me. Some days having a bath is the best achievement of my day because it means I allowed myself to stop and refuel. The achievement might be, did I meditate and look after myself? Because I really need to set the day up so I feel great, you know, and finances is so important to me. Mm -hmm. So on the first of every single month, it's finance day for me and I feel really empowered. So I treat the business of me like it's a business. You know, you just talked about your finances a little bit. Are you happy to share a little bit about, you know, sort of your story? I guess, you know, you run your own business. You haven't always done that. Well, my journey was I worked for a stockbroker when I finished school and I thought I wanted to be Gordon Gecko. So money always really inspired me because it meant freedom and a ticket to freedom. And I started working when I was 15 after school and really got a sense of, achievement from making money and saving money and buying my first car and so I went straight into stockbroking and got a terrible job down in the dungeon in the filing department and within a couple of years I was one of the first girls to sit up near the trading desk and it was a really you know this is 30 years ago over 30 years ago so there was no women around and it was a pretty exciting time and For me, it was like, this is not a really great environment for me. It's not inspiring. I was actually quite mortified. So I left and travelled the world for a couple of years and I came back and got a job in sports management where we managed some professional golfers. There was a lawyer running the business and he said, do you want to learn how to run a business from the ground up? And I said, absolutely, yes. So he taught me everything about running corporate golf days, negotiating contracts and all of those kinds of things. And within a year or two, I was running his business for him. And, you know, I get that achievement junkie perfectionism coming in and the workaholic coming in. And I just loved it and thrived on it. And then he went to America and I got a job with an eyewear company as their sponsorship manager. And I looked after hundreds of athletes. So it was really a little bit like Jerry Maguire and... For me, I got a real insight in those years into what happens to our athletes when they get injured or drop from the team or they retire. And I saw enormous destruction and it really cemented people do define themselves by their title. And without the title, they forgot to build themselves as a person. They forgot to do a life plan. I saw how much money they lost. Like, wow, you've just sacrificed your life to become a great athlete and then you didn't look after your money. I also, in those years, worked nearly seven days a week. I loved my job. I had no self-care strategies. I was a workaholic, A-type, overachieving perfectionist and it cost me my health and I developed chronic fatigue and depression and that robbed me of my life and my job for quite a while. And in that time, I decided to hire a life coach. And this is 20 years ago, so no one had heard of a life coach. And I didn't want a psychologist. I didn't need a counsellor. I needed someone to help me move forward and build a new life that wasn't so destructive with my health and well-being and financially really set myself up because that was very important to me. 
so I decided to study life coaching and everyone thought I was this crazy fool. Why would you study life coaching? Who's heard of that? What, what is that? So it was a very trying time because I had to break the ceiling and was one of the first coaches in Melbourne. And I decided to coach athletes into retirement so that they could financially secure themselves but also build a plan alongside their sporting plan. Mm. And for all the mums out there, and everybody in fact, we need to have our own life plan going alongside our career plan. And our career might be a job, might be a part-time job, a corporate job. It could be the most rewarding and toughest job in the world, which I think is being a mum. <laughs> we need to have a life plan for ourselves that just shows we have this incredible journey with these children. We have three stages. We have birth to getting them into primary school. Then we've got primary school blocks and then we've got secondary school blocks. And who do we need to be in those blocks? And what's the most important thing? And where do we want to be financially in those blocks? Yeah. And that's really what I do with my clients. I create a plan where they don't feel trapped. They know why they're saving. They know why they're not going to sales. They know what the purpose is and this brings us to the first question is what is the purpose of all this and when you create a nice plan for yourself you can really define this is my why yeah and I think that's a really really important thing because I know when you're not working when you step out of the workforce you actually feel quite powerless Mm. and I certainly know for myself you know when I was to take on maternity leave I worked really hard to make sure that we had a specific pool of savings set aside so that I could take off the desired amount of time that I wanted to and that I was completely in control of that time of raising my newborn baby, Mm -hmm. actually. And that Mm -hmm. was so empowering. What I actually ended up doing was going back to work before that time was up. But having that choice and that freedom to be able to make that decision was so empowering. And I know that other mums that I spoke to during that precious period in time didn't have that control and it left them feeling really powerless. That's how you planned. You know, the outcome is, you know, I want to enjoy my maternity leave without that stress and that pressure. And the purpose is, you know, if I have this amount saved, the purpose for that is to relieve that pressure on myself so that I can enjoy that time and feel like I have a sense of freedom and choice around it and the action that you took then to save that money to put yourself in that situation so the purpose was really clear for you Mm. and and you knew what you valued so it's very easy then to go about and make that saving plan happen. Yes you know this is you know a lot of the things that we've talked about in our discussions Shanna not having a clear why or not having a clear reason on why to do something, people usually fail, don't they? 100% because it's a little bit like you're driving around the roundabout the whole time and I'm saying, where are you going? And you're going, I don't know, but I'm cruising around the roundabout. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, if we're going to Melbourne to Sydney, you've got a pathway and you've got a vision and you can emotionally connect with the drive from Melbourne to Sydney or you know why you're going to have some stops along the way and some pauses and some breaks. If you don't, you're just going around the roundabout or treading water and you're living, but you're not living on purpose. What would you say to somebody that said, I don't know where I'm headed? What steps do they take? Well, I would say, do you want to know? Do you want to build a plan that gives you energy, that inspires you, that gives you a roadmap and a pathway? 
how would that make you feel if you did that? And when they connect in with the feeling of, oh, I'd feel energetic, I'd feel motivated, I'd feel clear, I'd feel empowered, then it allows them to even start that journey. So Shanna, for those who are really kind of wanting to take this, you know, by the horns and put into place some steps towards, you know, sort of delving into their life plan. And obviously, you know, they're hopefully listening to this podcast because they want to get savvy with their finances as well. How can we sort of tie this together with some of your philosophies and the steps that you follow with your clients? Yeah, well, I just think the number one point to start is to see yourself as a business. And to own the business and to take responsibility and to really think about, I'm going to create for myself the freedom that I want, the feeling of empowerment that I want. So number one, I'm a business. Number two, what are my values? What's my home base? Who do I work for? So I work for my values every day and then I can't get lost. All the decisions that we're making, is that helping my values? Is it supporting my values? And then thinking about, if I know my outcome of what I want to create, like what's my ideal goal, what is the purpose of my goal, which is how it's going to make me feel and how it's going to give me freedom or choice or empowerment. And then what's my massive action plan is for me, it's the first of every month I make sure I really touch my finances. Do I need a financial plan? Do I need an automatic savings plan? And to really work with your planner and your advisor and get really savvy, as you said, We want to be savvy mums because then we've got choice. Then we feel connected to ourselves and we feel empowered that we're taking that great responsibility. I love Simon Sinek has this beautiful quote around money being the fuel. You know, it's we don't strive to have the car. We need the fuel to get from A to B. It's sort of that whole money being the enabler to fulfilling our dreams. Um, And I think, you know, I'm very big on promoting the purpose of money in people's lives and their relationship with it, viewing it as the enabler. And I think that's why this is really lovely to be having this chat with you because it's got to be about the big picture and that big life plan and focusing on that. I call them my fun. I think if we can think of it as joy, you know, a lot of people go, oh, it's too hard. I think of it as a joyful playground and these are my fun coupons and my fun tickets (laughs) and I want lots of fun tickets. So when I get to that, you know, automatic thing on my outlook that says it's finance day, for me, it's got to be a joyful thing. So I think, oh, goody, I get to go and work on my my plan for my ability to have choice in life, to have a holiday, to go on a health retreat, to sign up to those yoga classes that I love or to buy that book that I want and, and have just that beautiful freedom only comes because I've done the work and that sense of pride that, You know, if we're not great at finances, that's the one thing we want to get good at because that's our choice and our freedom. So I like to think of it as my joyful activity rather than it's boring or I don't want to do my baths or it's time for tax. You know, I set up a simple spreadsheet. I do it on the first of every month. It takes me one hour. So that's 12 hours a year I spend on my money to have total control, achieve all the goals that I want because I'm really focused on them and to have that incredible sense of freedom and pride that I took myself and my life as a business, not my career business, but me, the business of me, that I took it seriously because we only get one shot. And 
I don't want to look back and say, I didn't do that and now I can't do this. And the reason and the purpose for me is I really wanted to have incredible life experiences with my kids. You know, I had a reason not to go to sales and go shopping. I had a reason to do my finances on the first of every month. There was such purpose in it because I had a whole list of life experiences that I wanted to have with my children that I only know I had this short time with them in their lifetime. And it's only, you know, about a quarter of my life that I have with them. So I really wanted to make that chapter of being a mum mean something and treat it like a really great career being a mum for that time where until they leave home, although they leave home a bit later now, but really from primary and secondary school, I really wanted to treat that as being an incredible mum with running a, a great business of giving them the best version of myself and to me, that's the hardest job in the world. Mm. I love how you turn money into a fun and joyful experience because I think for so many of us, it is not a fun and joyful experience. So you've just mm. got to flip it on its head. and Put it in a pink folder. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and as you say, think about all the things, you know, the joyful experiences that it can enable you to do and creating a bit of a bucket list along with the bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just taking that ownership. And, you know, when we're growing, that's when we're happy. And happiness is always measured by growth. You know, we're learning something. Our comfort zone is stretched. We can't stay happy in our comfort zone. It's nice to be in your comfort zone, but after a while you get bored and lethargic. You know, when we set these amazing goals financially for ourselves, and they don't need to be big, but they all add up to really mean something and they fuel our confidence as mum and I think our confidence is something that we can feel quite easily when we take control of our finances. So Shannon there was just one other question I wanted to throw in Mm -hmm. before we wrap up. One of the things that really resonated with me was I think you mentioning that in one of your books that you hit the pause button regularly and take mini breaks rather than waiting to retire to live your greatest life adventure and I just loved this. So for me, my um, husband and I, well, he's actually not my husband, my partner, (laughs) um, we bought Mm -hmm. this bashed up old caravan and renovated it and have grand dreams to take off with the kids and Mm -hmm. and do a nice big trip. But, you know, we're both self-employed and we don't want our businesses to suffer too much. We also don't want to forego the security that we've worked, you know, really hard to build. How do you tackle this when people have got these competing priorities because I see it so often where you've got a competing value to a financial priority and how do you tackle that? Well I think we go back to that really important part of the life map. It's a little bit like we're going from Melbourne to Sydney and we want to stay on the highway because it's really comfortable and it's secure. You know I had to shut my business and I'd spent 10 years building my business and we wanted to take a six-month sabbatical. And financially, we were going to take a hit. But the hit to me was the experience that I was going to create with my family far outweighed the hit because I knew if we didn't do it then, we would never, ever do it because the kids were in primary school and you can't do that in secondary school. So we have, you know, when we did our 20-year plan, we saw that we had a block of two years where we could take both kids out of school. We could go and do that free travel And we wouldn't have to do homework and it didn't really matter. I think they were grade one and grade three. You know what? It's going to cost us $50,000. We can rent the house out. 
We lived in an RV and we had the most incredible family bonding life experience that is worth so much more than the money to me or my career because when you do the big plan, you realize, well, if we hit a bit of a road bump on the way from Melbourne to Sydney and we stop for a bit, it doesn't really matter because we're going to be working till we're 70. So if you take six months off and take a mini hit, does it really matter? So when people do their plan properly and they see the big giant perspective, I think that we can make those decisions and we do have competing financial goals to spending goals, but we need to look at the big picture as well. Well, I need to make sure I've got that factored into my plan for sure. And I'm sure there's lots of other people out there after listening to this will as well. You know, as with anything, if there's great planning, you can make it happen and you can fulfill all of Yeah, I mean, we we saved for it for a long time. We were really diligent. We didn't buy anything that we didn't really need. And, you know, we had like this little operation sabbatical bank account. We just put as much in as we could. And, you know, my husband took his long service and then he took leave without pay and I closed my business, which means you don't make one cent. And I thought, I'm going to lose all my coaching clients. And I I had launched my first book, Simplify, Structure, Succeed, and I'd just been selling thousands of them. And then I, I left and, you know, I think it was worth every bit of that. Even though it was totally scary in the beginning, the minute you get on the plane, you go, this is the best decision we ever made. And yeah, you can't buy those experiences. Money can't buy that sort of stuff. Mm. Well, Shen, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you join us. And I guess just in wrapping up, if you could give everyone sort of three key takeouts, what would they be? And then let us know where we can find you. Fantastic. Well, my key to you, all of the amazing women out there, is to simplify everything in your mind first and think of yourself as a business and really drill into your values and so that you're very connected with your true self. Second takeaway for me would be really create a structure so that you feel that you're in control of your money and you'll feel like you're learning about it and you're you're the driver of the bus, not the passenger. And the third thing is to really understand what the purpose is and what success actually means to you. And, you know, we talked about in the beginning purpose. We need to be very clear on that so that we can set really meaningful goals. That would be how I would wrap that up in a nice bundle. And if anyone's interested, the life plan is available at all bookstores or online through Amazon and Booktopia and all of the bookstores. Kennedy is the website. And, um, yeah, have a look through there. There's coaching packages. There's all kinds of things. But protect yourself. You're the asset. And when you treat yourself like a business, it means that you're in the driver's seat again and you can make everything mean something that actually fuels you and um, it gets rid of that lost feeling and it's very empowering. Well, thank you so much, Shan. Really enjoyed having you on. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for joining us on our very first episode of the Savvy Mama podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it. And on that note, if you did enjoy it, we would love if you left us a review or a rating. And please feel free to subscribe so that you can be the first to know when the next episode drops. I really look forward to bringing you some more amazing content next week. And in the meantime... There are some great resources from myself and Shanna in the show notes, so please feel free to check them out and we look forward to joining you again soon. Take care.